Good morning, everybody. Again, thank you so much for joining us here for our Impact Life Church online. And I just want to say a big shout out and a big thank you to Numa Church. Our dear friends up there, Pastor Andreas and Ermery, they, uh, they hooked us up with their worship team and they did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. So Bish, I just want to say thank you so much, bro. I really appreciate it. They did a great job with that. And uh, we're so glad that you tuned in with us this morning. Uh, I got something that's just been stirring in my heart and I'm excited to share it with you today. So if you got your Bibles, I want you to find your seat, grab your Bible. We're going to be going through some scripture today. I hope you're okay with that. I'm, I'm sure you are. Uh, but I want you to really just sit down and hear what God wants to speak to you today. So uh, let's get into it. Before we dive in, let's pray. Let's believe God and let's release our faith and our trust in him because he's so good and ready. He's got a word for you this very morning. So Father, we love you. We come before you in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you are to us, who you are to us, and who that you live strong and mighty on the inside of us. Lord, we honor you today. We give you all the glory. We thank you, Father, that the words that are coming forth today will bring life, will bring strength, will bring encouragement to every hearer that is listening. We give you all the praise and all the glory for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Awesome. Well, if you got your Bibles there, let's go here first to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I want to kind of pick up a little bit what I shared last week, talking about the sound as believers. There's a certain sound that you and I have. There's a certain sound that we are called to release. And, uh, you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that's where we picked off because it's vital that you and I learn. You know, Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, it says that we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and we've been translated or transferred into the kingdom of God's dear son. We switched kingdoms, and that happened the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you've never done that, it's very simple. This is not some kind of religious thing where you have to be good enough in order to be a Christian. No, 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 you ain't going to ever be good enough. This is simply about what Jesus has done for us. And we've just have been had enough sense to go, Jesus, I believe what you did. I receive you as my Lord. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. And just by saying that, the Bible says you became a brand new creature on the inside. And the same way that you've been a brand new creature on the inside, he took you out of the kingdom of darkness and he transferred you into the kingdom of his dear son. Now this new kingdom that we are a part of, this new kingdom that we are now currently living in has a different sound than that of the world. The world is doom and gloom and unbelief and rage. And I mean, you can read it. It's, it's horrible. It's evil. But in this new kingdom, we have a sound of victory. We have a sound of faith. We have a sound of hope because our God is for us and he's already put us in this kingdom. So what we're really taking time to do is we are training ourselves spiritually on how do we operate in this brand new kingdom that we are now a part of. <clears throat> it is vital that we understand this and that we do this. And Paul here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13, it says it like this. We continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. So what do we say? We believe in God, so what do we do? We speak. We believe in God, so we speak. The sounds that come out of us, the, the voice that comes out of us is a voice of one that believes in God. We believe in the finished works of Jesus, therefore we speak from that reality. We speak from the promises. We speak from what God did for us. And that's the voice. That's the sound that comes out of our lips, right? Now, I want to just make sure that we just, before we go into this further, 
uh, on an important note that this isn't just about mechanics of Christianity. Now that you're a Christian, you better talk good. You better say the right stuff or else it's not about mechanics. This all springs forth from a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. Now, I don't want you to lose sight of that because everything in this Christian life is out of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't just, okay, now I'm a Christian. Now I have to behave a certain way. I have to talk a certain way. I got to just be a little, little goody two-shoes. It's not about that. It's about relationship with Jesus. And from this relationship, I now speak. I believe in God. It's not just some kind of, oh, you know, deep thought out there. It's a personal relationship. I believe in God, so I speak from this relationship. Now, as I said a little bit earlier on, is that we're taking time to train ourselves spiritually. So depending on how big your Bible is, I want you to pick it up and do some curls. Like we're, we're training spiritually here. What we're doing is we're taking the time to pump our spiritual muscles up because they need to be pumped up every once in a while. And listen to this in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. It says this, Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gym are useful. <laughs> but a disciplined life in God is far more so making you fit both today and forever. So what we're wanting to do is we want to get rid of that spiritual flabbiness. Anybody got some of that flab that's down there? Maybe don't show quarantine, maybe did some work on a number of people, but no spiritual flabbiness. We want none of that around here. Why? Because we are here on this earth to bring the kingdom into reality. So we have to understand how this works for us. Now, I shared a lot of things last week, and if you didn't get the chance to hear that, I encourage you, go onto our podcast. You can watch them here. Uh, go back on our Facebook, on our YouTube, our live stream, and hear some of those thoughts again, because the sound we release is a sound of joy, and I went into great depths and details on that. Uh, but I want to kind of backtrack a little bit and lay a bit more of a solid foundation uh, for the importance of releasing a proper sound. And this is the first thing that we need to understand this, is that we have to make a quality decision. Yes, you and I, today, we're going to make a quality decision that God's word is the final authority or is the final say in my life. This has got to be the very foundation of our Christian life, that what God says, that's it. That is absolutely settled, right? You know, I like to say it like this, that the word of God is the final say in my life, and I purpose to live out what this word says. I don't try to adjust the word of God to meet my lifestyle. No, I bring my life to the word of God. And I have, if I have to make adjustments in my life, then I make the adjustments because God's word is final. Say with me, God's word is final. Now, if you know, if you read in Psalm 119, that's the, the biggest Psalm that you'll get. And, uh, you know, anybody that memorizes that, I'll give you 20 bucks. Like that's a, that's a lot in the Amplified Bible. <laughs> but if you can, in Psalm 119, you see over and over the psalmist writing and sharing his heart before the Lord. He's saying, God, teach me your ways. Why? So that I could walk closely in your past. I will bring my life to your word and I'll make the adjustments. You see that constantly. This is our heart as believers. This is our heart as Christians. God, teach us your word. Show us your word so that we can walk upright before you. So we can walk according to your word. Because ultimately, that's what we're here for. We're here to represent Jesus on this earth. And it's impossible to represent somebody that you don't know or have intimate understanding of his ways. So it's crucial that we take time to get into the word of God. 
and find out what he thinks, find out what he says. But I want to encourage you, let's, let's do this today, that regardless, you don't have to, like, I don't need to know a bunch of the Bible in order to make this decision. I can make this decision right now. So I want you to do that right where you're sitting to. Just say, today, on May 17th, 2020, I make a quality decision that the Word of God is my final authority. Awesome. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what people respond. I don't care what natural circumstances tell me. I am going by what the Word of God says. Oh, isn't that, if it's a good place to be. And let me tell you a little bit of why. Why is this decision so crucial in our life today? Well, number one, it's this, because we need an absolute truth that we can live by. Because how many know the problem in society that's going out in the world today is that everyone is living by their own truth. And everyone has a different truth that they live by, right? One person says this is true. Another person says this is true. So we got two different lifestyles going on here. And before you know it, there is millions of people that have their own truth and they're living however they think they want to live. And that is a big problem. Why? Because there's only one way to live. It's the Jesus way. Right next, let me talk about this, is that we need to have a truth that we can bring our life to and to live from. And the word of God is the only truth that is able for any human being that can come to it and absolutely live by this truth. And I'm so thankful. This is what the word of God is. The word of God is the absolute truth that any human being can come to it and go, okay, this is I see how to live my life. This is it. And it's not some robots that we all act the same. No, we all got personalities to it. God is not just some kind of robot up there either, just pulling levers and doing things. No, no, no. But his way is absolute truth. Next, Christians, this is especially important for us. As believers, it's our absolute honor that we have the ability to be and live in God's truth. If people ever ask you your opinion, our first thought needs to be this. What does Jesus say about this? Because simply, as a citizen of heaven, my opinion is now actually his opinion. And you know, to be really honest about it, as Christians, you and I, we actually have no right to an opinion anymore. You've been taken out of darkness. You've been put into a kingdom of his dear son. Therefore, what he thinks is how you and I need to be thinking. So this is something that's been stirring in my heart for a little bit, is that we are coming back to what I believe is a revival of hunger for the word of God again. People talking about revival, yeah, absolutely, I'm, I'm all for that. But one of the things that I'm really starting to sense and build on the inside of me, it's a revival or a deep hunger, a deep passion for the Bible again. We need the Word of God back in our everyday lives, right? You know, I want to just put an emphasis on the Bible in your life. Get into it. It's your source for living. And I want to just read this quote to you. I really liked it. It says, in the natural, you get hungry by not eating. In the kingdom, you get hungry by eating. Did you know when you start feeding on the word of God, maybe you don't have this crazy passion for the Bible yet, but you know what you start doing? As you start spending time with Jesus in his word, and you start spending time thinking about it, spending time reading it, and just studying it for your own self, guess what's going to happen to you? This hunger for the word is going to start building and building on the inside of you. It'll start going. It'll start going. The more you eat, the more hungry you get in the kingdom. Now, 
again, this is the, the question we're an- answering, is why is this decision to make God's word so crucial in my life? And this is the number one answer is because we need an absolute truth in our lives. Let me give you a couple of verses here about what the word of God is and its importance. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse five, it says, every word of God proves true. It's absolute truth. Second Timothy chapter three, 16 and 17, it says this, all scripture, everybody say all scripture, every last one, every, every, every word you see in your Bible, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. What else does the word of God do? And it makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. The word of God corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. Again, what is the, what's the ingredient that teaches us all these things? It's the word of God. The word of God teaches us what is true, what is absolute truth. It makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. This is what the word of God will do. And notice this, verse 17. It says, God uses his word to prepare and equip his people um, to do every good work. So what is God going to use to prepare you for what he's called you to do? The word of God. So if we're not spending quality time in this word, how is God going to prepare you? I mean, a lot of times people will throw out there, oh, you know, God is using testings and trials to prove us. Oh, you know, God is using sickness or God is using this hard time or this difficult trial and all these horrible things that are out there to try to grow me up, to teach me something. No, that I've, I've never found a scripture in this whole Bible that, that says that to prove that's true. Instead, we see right here, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 17, it says God uses his word to prepare and to equip his people for every good work. So this is what I find is what I'm spending time in the word of God. Yes, it's bringing encouragement to me. Yes, I'm getting an understanding of how God thinks. I'm getting an understanding of the the character and the nature of God. But while I'm doing that, guess what he's doing by his spirit inside of me? He's preparing me and equipping me for the tasks yet to come. So it is so crucial that this revival of the Bible is getting is true for you, that we make this quality decision that God's word is final in my life. What's it doing? It's preparing you for the tasks yet ahead that you have called to do. I know many of you that are sitting there, you're just saying there's so much more to my life. I mean, I, maybe that's something that really came out during this time where we've kind of been, you know, nestled inside a lot more, not able to go out as much. And a lot of people are like, well, what, what do I do with my life? And that's a great place to be. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a great place to be. But guess what? The word of God, when you start getting into it, it'll start revealing vision to you. It'll start giving you ideas. It'll start giving you purpose for life again. But it comes from the word. You don't have to look for purpose and what am I going to do? Is there anything out there that I should be, you know, getting information or tell me what my purpose is? God knows your purpose and he will reveal it to you as you spend time getting in this word. That's how this kingdom operates, right? It's not outside in. It's from the inside out. And purpose for your own life, again, doesn't come from the outside. It comes from the inside. So let me encourage you. We have got to get back into our Bibles. We got to get back to daily time with Jesus in his word. It is crucial for our life. Again, we are taken out of this old kingdom. We've been brought into this new kingdom. And in this new kingdom, it operates completely different from the kingdom of darkness. Let me go on. Matthew chapter four, verse four, Jesus said this, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
This is how we live our life. We don't just live our lives by garlic bread. I mean, I could eat a ton of garlic bread. I'm, I, I really like garlic bread. But I don't live just by that. What am I living by? I'm living by the word of God. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, Jesus said this, heaven and earth will disappear. <laughs> Did you hear that? Heaven and earth will disappear. This earth that we're on right now, guess what? It's going to be gone one day it's all going to be burnt up and we're, God's making a brand new one for us. But it says heaven and earth will disappear. But he said, my words will never disappear. Did you know that in a million years from now, you're going to still be living by this word. We're going to be living by the word of God. A million years from now, 10 million years from now, we're still going to be living by this word because his word never disappears. I really want you to see this, but we need an absolute truth that we live by. So don't just wait one day till we all get to heaven. No, it starts now. You're in the kingdom of God now. You're here to bring heaven to this earth now. So we've got to get back into our daily Bible. Next, John chapter 6 and verse 63. Jesus said this, The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Spirit and life. His words are what? They are spirit, meaning eternal, and they are life. Now, if you read just uh, read John chapter 6 in, the, in its fullness, you know, one thing that was just helpful for me growing up in the Bible school that I went to, I remember one of our instructors, uh, he always really brought this to our intention. He said, make sure you never get offended by Jesus. And I remember kind of hearing that going, well, I mean, how could, I, how could I ever get offended by Jesus? Well, if you read this chapter, John chapter 6, and, uh, you know, just kind of near the end, I'll read a couple of verses to you. Um, verse 60 and 61. And this is right after Jesus, if he just fed the 5,000 people, and all these people came looking for food again. Uh, and so Jesus gave them this whole, this whole teaching on, I want if, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't enter into the kingdom. And it was just like this sound like, what's wrong with this preacher? Like, eat my flesh, you're supposed to drink the blood? Like, what's wrong with this guy? This guy's nuts, man. And now he's telling us to eat him and to drink his blood? Like, this guy's a sicko. Well, we'll pick it up here, verse 60. It says, many of the disciples said, this is a very hard thing to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? Now, obviously we see here, Jesus never intentionally looks to offend anybody. But because the word of God has such a particular way of straightening out wrong thinking, wrong believing, and wrong living, that the chances or the opportunities for offense, because listen, when I, when I get into this more and more for myself, there's some changes that I have to make. And a lot of times there's changes, maybe things that I've done all my life, things that I grew up with. But unless I'm open to the Lord saying, Lord, I'm open for change, I'm open for correction. A lot of times the things that he's asking and will say things to me, it could be an opportunity for offense. Well, Lord, that's just the way things were. That's just the way you made me. It, there, there can be a number of things. So I want to just leave you with this. But refuse to get offended to the word of God. And if you refuse to get offended, watch your life become more and more like him. Because again, God's not out there to, uh, to quench you or to, to stop you, to hurt you. No, he's here to build you like and into the image of his son, Jesus. That's ultimately what we're going for. So it's going to take some correction. So refuse to get offended by the word. Refuse to get offended 
by the word. I mean, there's great opportunities for it. The Bible talks a lot about money, and that even right there, talking about money is a big tripping point for a lot of people. Oh, why do they got to talk about money? Why does the church have to talk about money? It's, it's in the Bible. This, this is, it's not that we're trying to talk about money all the time. We're talking what Jesus wants to talk about. We address what Jesus wants us to address. And he talks about every area of life that you and I could ever experience in our day to day. So I want to really encourage you, anytime that you go to the Word of God and it, it doesn't make sense or you go, man, this just seems a bit tough, refuse to get offended and watch your life go to the next level in being formed into the image of Jesus. Now, last verse I want to read. And again, we're answering that question. Uh, I made a quality decision that the Word of God is final authority in my life. Why is this such a crucial decision? Number one, again, it's because we need an absolute truth that we can live by. And the Word of God is this absolute truth. Right? All these verses that I've been reading. And I want to read this last one to you in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. He says, Jesus said this, Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the flood came with fierce winds beating upon his house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. When it rained and rained and the flood came with winds and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and was swept away. Now, let me ask you this. What destroyed the house? Was it the, the wind? Was it the wave? Was it the trials, the difficult times? No, because both of these guys both experienced them. It was the foundation to which it was built. You and I, we have got to build our lives on the word of God, on what he says. It is the only unshakable foundation that you and I are able to even survive this earthly existence that we're here for is the word of God. It is so crucial that we get back to this word and we start building our lives, not just to get a, a cute little tidbit here and there, that we really focus intentionally. What am I reading? What am I applying to my life? And now while I've applied it, this becomes my lifestyle. The word of God is my final authority. What it says goes, period. I'm not going to question the word. I'm not going to go, well, I don't really feel like it or so-and-so try. It doesn't work. No, no, no. I'm going to stick with this word. Now, until you make this quality decision, again, the decision of making God's word final authority in your life, and you continue to elevate and allow other words at the, you know, um, so to have equal or higher voice in your life, you will continue to live an unstable life. James chapter 1 talks to us and he explains to us that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I'll go to the Word of God. Well, then I'm going to go to maybe this person over here. Oh, I'm going to check the Word of God. Well, I'm going to check what so-and-so thinks here. As long as you live in this unstable mindset, in this unstable, constantly looking for new things or what these people think, you will live unstable. You are like a wave at sea, James talks about. Up and down, up and down. There's no stableness to you. The Word of God is the great stabilizer. When you live your life according to this Word, you are going to be living life steady. 
Now, I don't know about you, but this is something that I want for my life. I want consistency in my life. I don't want to be one of those yo-yos where you're up one day, completely down the next day. Up one day, completely down the next day. Depending on external circumstances that keep me up, and if external circumstances bring me down, then I'm down. Regardless of the highs and lows in life, you are able to live a consistent lifestyle. And that is the will of God for you. Don't settle for up here, down there, up here, down here. Things are going well. Yay! Things are going bad. Great. You're all over the map. God wants you to live consistent. And the only way to do that is to build your life on what he said. Now, I don't know about you, but maybe you're hitting your neighbor, you're hitting somebody close to you saying, that's what you need, consistency. It's what we all need. But let me encourage you, it's the word of God that is able to stabilize you in any kind of situation. It's the word. Now, so that's number one. A lot in there. Number one, because we all need an absolute truth. Number two then, again, the question is, why is the decision of making God's word final authority in my life important? Number two is because God works with his word. Did you know this, that God has no obligation to do just what you ever you want him to do? Oh, God, bless this plan for me. God, bless this as I do this. No, no, no. He already has a plan, and the plan that he laid out for you is already blessed. He's, God has no obligation just to carry out whatever your plans are. Hope you understand that. He, he's not going to just pick up and go, oh, that's what you want to do? Oh, sure, baby. Yeah, you go right ahead, and I'll do my best to work around your schedule. We, God is not working around our schedule. We work around his. And, you know, Jesus said it like this. If you remain in me, John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. A lot of times if you just leave out that first half of that sentence and you just read, ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Yeah, that's, that's partly true. But the first half of that sentence also says this. If you remain in me, if you remain in my word, and my words remain in you, or they live on the inside of you, then ask what you will, and it will be granted. See, this is what this is the prerequisite for anything being granted, is that this word is living on the inside of you. What does that mean? I'm taking time getting into this word, getting it in on the inside of me. And then when I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. And when I know he hears me, I know I have the petitions that I asked. That's 1 John chapter 5. It's, it's all in there. So we have to work with God according to his word. God works with his word. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12, it says it like this. I, talking, God is saying, I am alert and active. I'm watching over my word to perform it. What is God doing right now over your and my life? He's looking over his word to perform it for us. He's hungry to make his word work in our lives. But again, how is God working? He's working with what? His word. God works with his word. So when you know the word, you put the word in your heart, you say it with your mouth. God will make sure that word that you have in your heart, you're releasing it out of your mouth. He'll make sure that it works on your behalf. He's hungry to do that. Next, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10 and 11. It says, the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. God says, I send it out and it always produces fruit. 
It will accomplish all that I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere that I send it. The Word of God is fruitful. It'll always produce in your and my life. Always. Always, always, always. So you know, one thing that the Lord's even just been talking to me about is the difference between fruitfulness and being a success. I mean, God never told us, I want you to be successful. He says, I want you to be fruitful. And if I'm being fruitful, yeah, the, I will be successful in all my endeavors. But for my life, I'm focusing not so much on, I got to be a success in every area of my life. I want to be fruitful. And the way that I'm fruitful is the word of God. I stay close to the word. The word remains close on the inside of me. And therefore, I'll bear much fruit. So I want you to really think about that, that God is working with his word. Why do I make a quality decision that the word of God is final authority in my life? Because the word of God, God is working with his word. Amen. Now, let me give you just a little illustration here just to kind of break this all down. But if, uh, let's just say this. Um, Let's just say, okay, bad news comes, right? What happens? Okay, so I've made a decision that the word of God is final authority in my life. I've, I've made that quality decision. So what happens then when bad news comes at me, right? It could be a bad report and it just comes and boom, takes me. I, maybe I wasn't even expecting it. Boom, it blindsides me. What do I do when bad news comes at me? Now I've made this quality decision that God's word is final authority. Now this bad report, this bad news could be a, a, a note from the doctor that you've you got so much time to live or this sickness is a trying to attack, attack your body. It could be a financial thing. It could be a relationship thing. Somebody said something nasty about you or maybe it's just you know people are talking ugly about you. What, regardless of what it is, depression trying to come your way, whatever, you name what the bad report is. How do I respond to bad news that come my way? Number one is I acknowledge the bad news. Jesus never said, ignore bad news. He said, just don't look at it, right? Don't spend all your time focusing on it. You have to acknowledge that it's there, right? Christianity, oh, bad news comes. Nope, there's no, there's no such thing as a bad report. There's no, no doctor didn't say that. No, the banker didn't say that. No, that's not true. That's not true. No, no, I'm not paying any attention to that. That's foolishness. If you just ignoring the bad report doesn't make the bad report go away. It continues to linger around you, right? And you, all of a sudden it pop in the back of your brain. No, no, I'm choosing not to think about that. It's, it's not real. It's not real. No, no, it's not God's will. Yeah, I, I get that. But you're supposed to acknowledge that there is a problem. And then what would I do? Now I've acknowledged it. The next thing I would do is I would now ask myself, what does the word of God have to say about this bad news? That's might be my question. Then what I would do is I would sit down and either on your iPad or you grab a pen and you get a piece of paper and you start writing down, getting into the word of God and finding every scripture that you can possibly think of as you dig into this word. This is what God says about this. This is what he says about this. And this is what he said about that. Okay, I'm writing down all these verses. Now, once I have them all written down on my iPad or a, or a journal or something, I'm going to spend time. I'm going to look at these. And after every verse, this is what I do. I choose to believe that. Lord, I, this is the bad report that's here, but this is what you said. What am I going to believe? I am going to believe what you said because, again, I made a decision that your word is final authority. Even though this seems so contradicting to what this is going on here, I choose to believe this word. Then, now after I've made that choice to believe, I'm going to speak to this bad report. I'm going to speak to this bad news, what God has already said about it. 
I'm going to speak to it. So all of a sudden, sickness tries to attach itself to my body. Say, okay, sickness, I, I acknowledge you. That's, that's what you're there. But there's a greater truth, and it says in 1 Peter 2.24 that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. That's what he says. So I'm going to just act like that's true. I believe this is true over what this is saying right here. I choose to believe your word. Now then, here's the thing. I refuse to back off what God says. Oh, I prayed and I prayed and nothing happened. No, 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 no. You continue to stand on the word of God. Well, how long do I have to stand? You stand until you see what God says is manifested in your life. That's how long you stay. You know, Ephesians chapter 6 talks about having done all to stand, stand. I refuse to doubt. I refuse to worry that this, what God said in his word, won't come to pass. I refuse to doubt that. So I continue to stand. Come on, say it with me. Stand, stand. And having done all to stand, what do you do? Continue to stand. Stand, stand, stand. Don't quit. Don't quit. Hold on to what he said. If it's a financial thing, hold on to what he said. Continue to stand. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I stand on that. I stand on that. And I continue to do what the Bible tells me to do. I continue to give and it will be given back unto me. Lord, I believe that. I believe that. And I continue to stand and I continue to stand and I continue to stand. How long? Until I see the promise manifested in my life. It's vital. And here's the thing too. I would also encourage you, get people surrounded around you that will believe God with you. Not those that will talk, no, you know, that doesn't always happen in this case. You know, that happened to me once and it didn't go out really well. No, 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 you don't want those people around. So you say, politely, get out. What I need is people filled of faith, filled with the word. They'll say, come on, man, we'll stand with you shoulder to shoulder. Yes, you stand. You are more than a conqueror. Man, God is for you. God is in you. Don't give up. Keep going. Somebody needs to hear this testimony. Keep standing. These are the people that I want surrounded in my life. And I know those are people that you need surrounded in your life. And this is what this church is for. We're coming to believe. We believe every part of what God's word has to say. No situation is too difficult for God to pull you out of and to put you into a new place. God is big. God is good. God is for you. What is the thing you're believing God for? There's nothing too impossible for him. Keep going. Amen. Okay. So now again, now I'm just going to just tie in a couple other thoughts here. But now that I've made, let's just say you've made this decision that God's word is my final authority. Maybe you've done that many years ago and you just made a fresh commitment again today. That's great. It's something I do on a regular basis. Say, Lord, I'm making this decision today. This day, Sunday morning, I'm making a decision that your word is final authority in my life. And then the thing that we have to do is we have to train ourselves to focus on what is unseen and don't focus on what is seen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says this, So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. God did not say, I said this earlier, God didn't say, ignore your problems. He said, don't stare at them. Don't just look at them. Again, because ignoring problems won't make them go away, but we're here to change the problems by looking at what God says in his word. Let me give you an example of this is Abraham. God's promise to Abraham in Romans chapter 4, verse 17. It says this, I have made you the father of many nations. 
Now, what was the problem? What's the natural problem? What was the bad news that came to Abraham, came to Sarah when they heard this? Abraham was 100 years old. This is the problem that he had. I'm 100 years old. Sarah is 90. She couldn't get pregnant in her 20s or her 30s. There's no chance for her then. She's 90 years old now. So that was the natural problem. So now there has to be a response. Are you going to believe the natural problem, the bad news? Or are you going to believe what God said? This is a decision that every person comes to in their life. Abraham's response, and he did an awesome job. He made an amazing response. And in Romans chapter 4, verse 19, it says, Not being weak in faith, notice this, Abraham did not consider his own body. He didn't consider his own body, already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. What was Abraham's response? Abraham didn't look at his or Sarah's body. He kept his eye on what God had said. Man, this is huge. Especially as we go forward, regardless of your situation, let me encourage you. The bad news is there. The word of God is here. Which way are you going to go? And then when you make that quality decision, I'm going with God, you are, you're setting up yourself for a success. Now I want you to notice this. Look at Sarah's response. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, it says, Sarah's faith embraced God's miracle power to conceive even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing. For the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise and she tapped into his faithfulness. What did Sarah do? What was her response? Sarah's response, she didn't focus on what she didn't have she didn't focus on being 90 years old. She looked to God and counted him faithful to carry out what he said. So again, the question I'm asking you is when bad news comes your way, because bad news comes to everybody, something we didn't expect, something we don't like, it comes to everybody. But what are you considering or who are you considering? Train yourself to see the unseen world. Take time practicing and seeing what is in another realm? And this is where you and I live. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. We don't live our lives, make decisions on what we can see. I mean, of course, there's certain things. If you got to walk across the street, you're going to look for cars. Like, don't go crazy weird on all this. You're still in this world. You still have to make decisions properly. But when it comes to some of these bad news reports that come your way, who do you consider? What do you consider? It is vital. So this is the last thing I want to leave you with these thoughts is relocate your thoughts. You have to relocate your thought, relocate your eyes. Don't just see here. Don't just limit yourself to see and thinking and observing here. See into another realm. And how do you do that? Well, you've already been placed there. Colossians chapter 3, 1 and 3. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about things of heaven not things of the earth. For you died to this life and your new life is hidden with Christ in God. Another translation says it like this, relocate yourselves mentally or engage your thoughts with throne room realities. Spend time in the realities of heaven. Spend time throughout your day as you're, as you're spending time in this word. What are you doing? Is you're spending time in the reality of heaven, in throne room realities. No, James chapter 1, 
Uh, if you read that, it's a real, it's a really awesome book. But the chapter itself, James one verse twenty two through twenty five, I believe it is, talks about the word of God being our mirror. The same way that you have a mirror that you look to, you know, see how you're doing, how you're shaving, right? You, you, you check it out and you're seeing a reflection of yourself and you do everything that you got to do, right? Well, the word of God is our spiritual mirror. When you're in the word, you're getting a reflection of who you are, of what God says you are, of what God thinks about you, of what God says about you. You've got to spend time in the mirror of the word and you got to believe the reflection from the word of God that you're seeing because it's true. It is the absolute truth. And again, that'll affect your thinking. It'll Therefore, it'll affect your sound and your voice. I trust this was a blessing to you. Again, I want to thank you so much for joining in with us. We'll continue to go down these road as, we, as the Lord leads us. But I want to just encourage you again with this last thought. Continue to make the word of God your final authority in your life. Because again, what he says goes. It's absolute truth. Secondly, God works with his word. And you and I, we were, were born from above, but you and I, we're called to see from another realm, from another uh, dispensation. I encourage you to continue to get into this word and let God shape your thoughts and therefore let God shape the voice or the sound that comes out of you. We love you so much. We are so excited to seeing you again live. Uh, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day.